What's up everyone? Welcome back to the Sunday Leagues Investors channel. My name is Brian and we got a special podcast interview with none other than Tim Gesh. He is the CEO of ComC or check out MarkCards.com. We're able to sit down pretty much talk shop and essentially you know what he sees in the soccer card market we even talked a little bit about basketball um it was a lot of fun he talked about his kind of his origin story so you can kind of see how he built his business also i know a lot of you guys were asking a lot of different questions about comp you know um with how they're growing there was some little you know um growing pains and tim was actually gracious enough to actually address them and tell us what he's going to do to fix them also another thing is this he's actually hiring comp is actually hiring so if you are looking to make that jump into sports cards it might be a great opportunity so check it out we have a description below um listen to it enjoy it it's gonna be on youtube and spotify and apple Podcasts, all these different platforms but my name is brian i hope you guys enjoy it love you guys what's up everyone welcome back to the sunday leagues investors podcast my name is brian uh my name is bob <laughs> and today we have a special special guest tim gesh from ComC, CEO, ComC, check out mycars.com. You wanna say hi, Tim? Yeah, hello, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, and we have so, it's so much, we were talking right before, there's always a podcast before the podcast, and like, it just, you're such an interesting guy. <laughs> Basically a pregame show. Pregame yeah. show, yeah, yeah, so, but um, but yeah, I just wanna say, uh, I guess, give an idea of, you know, who's Tim, who Tim is, <laughs> right, yeah. to, the, to the viewers, out there, to the uh, listeners out there, because, uh, people know Compsy, but they don't know the face behind Compsy. Sure. sure. Yeah, I uh, grew up in the uh, 90s, just a hardcore collector. I first started collecting in 86, and uh, I remember getting a, a card and looking up in a price guide and finding out that this card, it was a Lenny Dykstra 86 Tops uh, <laughs> rookie card, and it, according to this price guide, it was worth $2. And I was in grade school at the time, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this thing is actually worth money. Oh, I started, that's awesome. I started uh, tracking. Like, I got a subscription to Beckett, and every month I would look at the, the values of cards. I still have a, a graph that I put together. of. Oh, really? Like, every month, where did Robin Yount and George Brett rookie cards, how did they trend? Um, so, I mean, I, I was... 12 when i got my first table at a card show wow i was like always trying to figure out how to make money uh collecting cards and i'd have all these friends that would tell me these stories i don't think they really kept good track of their numbers they always said <laughs> that they made money i, I don't know that they <laughs> I always keep, like, meticulous records of right. how much i paid for a box or pack i'd calculate the expected value of a pack based on like the 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 Beckett values and the odds and and all this is like in junior high like I, wow. I wasn't even I didn't learn about all these things until later I ended up uh, getting um, a bachelor's in math and a master's in computer science and then okay. coming out to Seattle to work at Microsoft and uh, after a product cycle we had a break and mm. I looked back at my childhood hobby I knew that everything was going on to eBay. Um, that had started while I was still in high school. I remember like buying Kobe rookies at local card shows and then selling wow. them, them to people in California uh, <laughs> over this like new fangled internet thing. Um, and then, so I knew that that was where the hobby was going, but I didn't realize like the whole, like all, like it was, at that point, uh, like 90% of the card shops were gone. Card shows were really rare at that point. And I, I was a little depressed because all that stuff that I bought and put all my hard-earned money towards as a junior high and high schooler, like right. the bottom fell out because it was mass produced. Yeah. Right. So for a moment, probably like an hour, I was depressed. And then I'm like, wait a sec. <laughs> I work at Microsoft and I have money and this stuff is dirt cheap. And then I immediately just started buying like oh, everything that I like spent so much time trying to collect. And I was just buying, I figured out how to buy as much as I could off eBay efficiently. Right. And notice that if I bought from really large sellers on eBay, they would get, like cap their shipping. And then I, I, I just started analyzing auctions of certain really large sellers. I got to the point where this one seller in Chicago, he paid someone to list like a few hundred lots every week. Wow. And I would, uh, I wrote code that would, 
look inside the because he would put the card numbers, but he didn't even put the descriptions. <laughs> so I would analyze the auctions at Roco to tell me what the current Beckett value was. So I, I it would like analyze all this stuff and then say like, okay, this auction has a hundred dollars worth of cards in it. And I'd be like, okay, it's football. I don't really care about much about football. I'll bid five bucks for it. So I it, it, like within an hour of him posting his auctions, I would bid on like three, 400 auctions, all based on what the current market value was. Mm. And so then what ended up happening is I would win half of his auctions, all the ones that slipped through the cracks, <laughs> because I actually knew what was inside of them. So I started winning all these auctions. And then I got people that uh, actually, I remember specifically, there was a, a Mahmoud Abdul Rauf fan from Japan that mm -hmm. uh, really wanted this one card. It was like a platinum collector's choice uh, th that he needed for his personal collection. And I had won this lot and he was willing to pay me almost what I paid for the entire lot of like 20 cards for this one. I'm like, I should put up a site where people can pick through all my extras. Like I, I, I'm wow. winning all these lots, I'm winning duplicates. I don't need all these cards. I should put up a site that people can just pick through and then I can create a self-sustaining hobby. Just like I, I can sell these things that'll give me more money to go buy more stuff. That's so funny. Wow. And so I built the site, uh, called it lowpricecards.com. Oh. And uh, I was just trying to buy stuff on eBay and then all these lots on eBay and then list them. And I, I was at Microsoft at the time, so I was, uh, often going to conferences and I'd sit in on all the talks about the latest things in ASP.net and just how to build websites. And back then, like this is like 2003, 2004, 2005, um, websites were either eBay or something off the shelf. Very few people uh, had money to build anything custom. And the trading card industry was like, no one was really investing in the trading card industry. So, and if you bought something off the shelf, like the sites back then were so clunky, so, so, so clunky. So, so I was like, all right, gosh, I'm gonna take the best, the latest technology, and I'm gonna build a website for trading cards. I really thought um, getting image, I noticed on eBay, if you had an image, it would sell the best. So right. I invented technology that allowed us to to rapidly gather images. I uh, just put all this effort into building a website that would be fun for people to, to buy cards, but I still only had like a tiny fraction of all the cards that existed. So when people <laughs> stumble across my website, they're like, this is awesome, I love it. How do I get my cards on a site like this? And everybody mm. at the time was like, oh, like what pass offer package do you, did you buy? Can I buy that too? I want to put my, and I'm like, well, for one, it's custom and you need like a CS degree and a bunch of time to build <laughs> it. Uh, but also you don't get the benefit that I'm seeing on eBay where large sellers on eBay had a huge advantage. So I'm like, if we instead had everybody pool their cards together, and we all put them in one warehouse, then we can all get the benefit of being this enormous seller. Plus, no one really wants to like go to the post office and do all this extra exactly. overhead. Yes. And, and no one can do it efficiently. That's yep. why you end up with like painter's tape and random oh, stuff we on can your go eBay all, packages. All about that. Like, we can <laughs> so so I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I want to provide something for this hobby. I love this hobby. This is literally my childhood passion. I've spent 10 years at Microsoft learning all this technology. I love technology. I want to put them together. I left Microsoft in 2007 and just decided to focus on, on this hobby and just allowing people to collect without the pains of having to go to the post office all the time, having to figure out all the latest technology to get a scan. Right. There's just so much work involved. I want people to enjoy. I, I want to enjoy more. So <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the birth of ComC. That's who I am and, and why I, I've spent so much of my life trying to enable this. So, so you're telling me that there was no Shopify back then? Nope, no, no, <laughs> no, no, nothing. Wow, that's that's crazy. I think there's a few points that you pointed out that were really interesting to me. Actually, I, I thought that a lot of times when we interview 
Um, well, we've only had like four or five interviews with different <laughs> different people in the hobby, and the ones that have worked in the hobby and they've gotten to a point where they built a really big business around it, always started with a passion in mind, yeah. not like going in there for a certain um, yeah. uh, monetary terms. It seems yeah. like. Yeah. That yeah, that's right actually or? a really good point. When I started the company. Uh, a good friend of mine who I went to like elementary school, high school with, um, he had uh, gone to Stanford and started uh, one of the early social media websites. You've probably never heard of it. It's called um, High Five. No. They were, I believe, one of the first to do video in social media and it would just like totally blew up. They were the largest website in like a I don't know, a handful of different countries in Asia, South America. So at the time, it was like Facebook was taking off in the US and High Five was taking off in these other countries. And he was talking about how rapidly things were growing. But he was on a, a panel uh, where it was a bunch of entrepreneurs. And he said, um, the biggest thing is to find something that you're passionate about because there's going to be ups and downs. And uh, when the money is not there, you're still right. going to be putting in the effort. Right. And like, it takes that to like get over, get over the hump. And so I, I definitely, that was a spark encouraging me to go take this leap. It was like, oh, entrepreneurs aren't these people far off that are untouchable. Like this is my friend that I've known since fourth grade. So like I'm going to take the jump and I'm passionate about this. There's been periods where the money wasn't there and I was still <laughs> passionate and I still put in the effort and it's been awesome to, to get to the point where it is now. Interesting. And another thing I, I just realized is what you said was you started right where I think the recession happened. Yeah, 2007 right? you said. Yeah. 2007. That yeah. is something else. I like. Well, that, that was a good forcing function to, to come up with a business model that mm. was recession proof and that actually is paid off in spades now. Wow. Like right now, it's a combination of recession and pandemic that has really thrown a curveball at so many companies. And uh, we we created something that was built on people paying us nickels, dimes, quarters. <laughs> and we would, we, we would hope to scrape a penny off here wow. and there. And it was all about building things super efficiently. It was all internet based. So like we didn't, we weren't based on people having to come into a building. Like there's so many things that we just got lucky that help us in, in the pandemic, but also we're not worried about a recession wiping our business out because we know our foundation is people uh, doing these really small dollar transactions. And even if you go back to the Great Depression in the 20s, people didn't have money to buy a home. They didn't have money for a car or these big purchases, but they had enough money to go to a movie, to buy a soda pop. Mm. And so that was their escape from the stresses of the world. Well, that was the same approach in the recession. It's like people couldn't buy that washer, dryer, they like had trouble with all these big purchases, but they could spend 20 bucks escaping their world and buying cards of their favorite players. Right. And that like on our site, we could allow 20 bucks to get you 10 of your favorite play. Like it was it, like, we just made it really easy for you to enjoy this hobby. And it's something that you can do no matter what happens with the economy. And we're, now able to use all that infrastructure instead of for $2 cards for 10, <laughs> 20, 30, 40, $50 cards. So like the whole formula significantly changes for us, but we always have that to fall back on. We're right. not just chasing the latest, hottest thousand dollar card. Like yeah. our platform is so broad um, that we can weather whatever storms happen. Yeah, that's interesting because it usually it feels like it's the opposite for some people, <laughs> which is a very interesting twist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's awesome. But um, but we have such a huge soccer community. Well, we're all soccer uh, yeah. in our in our page and everything. Yeah. And um, have you seen? Because I know you're on Jeff Wilson. We're ta just yeah. talking about it, and you're talking about the growth. How how you literally have doubled yeah. in growth. Yeah. Um, how how much have you seen soccer changed in, in the recent months, living yeah. up to all that? 
so I, I we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. Uh, I was really fascinated. I didn't follow soccer very closely, um, mm-hmm. but earlier this year I was at a, a dinner with uh, Jeff Wilson, hosted by Jim Beckett, Joe Davis, who's really big and right. uh, so I was got baseball cards that are really big into soccer. A lot of people were there. Panini, several uh, Panini employees were there, uh, so we had a good discussion about like soccer cards. Like, what? Where are they? uh in the growth path we've seen like i remember when basketball cards were nothing like it was all baseball <laughs> and That's people crazy. were like ah oh, basketball football like no one's really going to care it's all baseball wow. and then like over the years more and more people are like oh basketball collecting is legitimate and i think earlier this year it's like i, I there's glimpses that soccer was going to become mature like these other sports and the 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 feedback that i heard because i wasn't super close to it but the feedback was the the issue soccer had is there wasn't uh, a a big uh variation in card values there were Mm. some people that like the top players had a big demand and then there's like everybody else was just kind of the same price exactly um and when you look at mature uh categories baseball basketball football hockey there's like there's minor stars there's superstars there's friends like there's a whole spectrum of different prices uh just because there's so many different people in the hobby and so that was earlier this year and i i feel like even now just not even a year this is hardly i don't know eight nine months later you're starting to see that variation Yep, I mean, exactly. the whole everything is getting so much bigger right now. So that's just taking everything and extra, uh, just growing it. So now you start seeing the variations more, uh, the maturity more in, in soccer. So uh, that's that's exciting to see. And I always wondered, like, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Yep, exactly. Like, if trading cards caught fire in soccer, like, it, it, this it, is it's... way bigger than like. Sure, basketball is getting more and more and more common. But soccer's already there. Like right, you have an yeah. international audience, so I, I it was just fascinating to see. Like, okay, at some point, the economics are going to change, and soccer is going to take off more so than yeah. any other sport. Yeah, it's just so interesting you're saying that about a mature market because mm-hmm. one of the things that we we were talking about, like when we first started in general, yeah. we're like, man, like these players, they are very good players. These are very yeah, good very good. They're not like legendary players, yeah. I would say per se, but they're very good players performing at a high level. When are they gonna get the love? And we just, we were just the good thing is we love them as like yeah. PC version. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Now we're starting to see the movements of all these players that yeah. were not, we were told not to buy them, but now it's yeah. like, wow, these prices have changed like dramatically. Yeah, yeah. So that, no, I obviously, I th- soccer from an investing point has so much potential so much right. because yes. you've got uh you actually have several years of things that you can buy into it's not like they had no products exactly but the, the market was not there for them before and now just the market across the board is so much bigger but if you know the players yep. you can yep. find deals yes. there's exactly. a bunch of people that are just like they're just following the trends yep but yep. you can be ahead of it and i felt like the same type of thing where like I love basketball and I mm-hmm. like to follow um, the preseason. I, I've gone to like G League games and like I, I, I like to predict where things are gonna go. Yeah, you guys have like people that have been stars. Like you don't have to like go <laughs> dig through footage yeah. to find somebody. Like, if you pay any yeah. attention, like you can find those deals and. It, the cards weren't that mass produced, so they're gonna shoot up in value as soon as the market comes to it, and the market's coming. Yeah. Do, do you see any uh, with basketball? Because I know you're really into basketball, and I know you're having a lot of conversation of a lot of people that, um, you know, that have huge companies in the yeah. industry. Do you see any similarities? Because I know we we like to do similar, like we like to yeah. compare sometimes. Like, oh, basketball could be a good like. Uh, big brother to look up yeah. to and say yeah. wow because like at a point i remember me remember bob because we collect basketball a little yeah bit. there was times where just like man like even though some players there are like not like i said not i'll just just kind of kind of use um even like james harden right he was not mm-hmm. well liked for a while yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And then yeah. he's he's been shooting in price as well. Yeah. Um, we don't we're not like professionals in yeah, yeah, yeah. this this, but you get the idea. Yeah. But like, do you see any similarities with um with like mid tier players and elite tier players? Like, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. There are some very big differences between basketball and soccer. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually heard a fascinating podcast recently with Malcolm Gladwell, and he talked about some research that was done uh, in sports in general, just to look at if you could invest in your best player, improving your best player or improving your worst player, which should you do? And they analyze soccer and they analyze basketball. Uh, it turns out with basketball, it's uh, a, a strong link uh, sport. So basically, your best player matters way more. So you should invest mm -hmm. everything in your best player. Right. With soccer, it's actually a weak link. So the worst player people can pick on and exploit you. Yes. And so your best investment is in investing in your weakest player. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so like, with that in mind, in basketball, the best player is showcased. So superstars are mega, mega, mega superstars. In soccer, you have to have a whole team. Yep. It's, yep. And so you... The, the best player may not seem that much better than the 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 weakest player on the team it, but like if you're paying attention there's going to be like a fan favorite but the yep. whole team has to be solid uh and and so i, I mean i don't I've, i haven't really thought about how this information affects how you invest um, but plays I know role, for ba in, in basketball, it's a lot of it is about who, which teams have a chance to make it far in the playoffs because their player, the star players that make it to the end, are the ones that are going to get spotlighted. So if you have an amazing player who goes and plays for a crappy team, and they're never going to invest in links, then maybe they're not going to get their their day. I don't know. I haven't followed uh, soccer enough to know like what all the nuances are. But it, it seems like in basketball, it, it's like who keeps getting the spotlight, who keeps getting in the news cycles, who keeps going deep in the playoffs, and then who's going to get that MVP? Who who are people going to aspire to want to put a lot of money down to remember that player? Right. Um, so uh, I would. I, I keep that in mind. Like, there's very different uh, dynamics, dynamics between yeah. the the sports, and I think that's part of why it's been hard for people to invest in soccer. Yeah. Uh, and, and but like that, just because it's hard, honestly, that just means it's a better opportunity if you know what you're doing. Exactly, yeah. and that's what we preach. Yeah, anybody that watches soccer, sorry to cut you off, Tim. But, yeah, go ahead. Um, but no, like I, I think that's a really good point to point point out. Like, at, there's a time, you know, with even though you might have the best team, the best players on the best teams might not actually give you the best ROI right now yeah. for soccer, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, Lewandowski is, you know, one of the top mm -hmm. goal scorers and, you know, Ballon d'Or. Uh, mm -hmm. Ballon d'Or is basically, like, the best player in the world type mm -hmm. of award, and he's supposed to be one of them. And, like, yes, he has gotten a really great ROI, but with soccer, a lot of times people are, right now, it's kind of top-heavy, like you said, but they're, it's, it's more um, hype. Uh, I would say it's a lot, a lot more on hype with prospecting yeah. and legendary players that are like Messi and Ronaldo because yeah. you know, like I said, it's maturing. The yeah. market's maturing. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, anyways, but we did see the beautiful thing is we did see in the Champions League, which is like the all-time tournament for soccer for mm -hmm. teams besides you know national teams like World Cup mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. Euros. Mm -hmm. uh, we did see some reactionary yeah. uh, bias, which was yeah. really amazing. I'm sure you. You, yes. Compsy, saw that. <laughs> I, I did not follow, but all of a sudden started getting like noti notifications in the middle of the night that uh, we had card sell on eBay and Compsy at the same time. And yeah, let's like, talk about okay, that. Okay, this player did something. <laughs> <laughs> let's but let's talk about that you know I, I, our yeah. community buys a lot from you guys yeah. yeah and they're noticing because of the growth you know with the growth and everything like that it's sometimes kind of hard to keep up with everything that's going on yeah um would you be able to kind of like uh kind of like talk about it just because sure. yeah yeah so uh, i think specifically you're referring to like 
how we list things on eBay and ComC, yeah. and so I'll, I'll just get into a, a few of the details there. Okay. Um, one thing that I think was actually a really good decision for us earlier this year, we decided to just focus on eBay. We had been listing on Amazon and eBay, and now we just decided, you know what, let's just make sure we have a great experience as much as possible with eBay. Um, so we list items uh, on both platforms, and we have to synchronize uh, as you change your prices, as you put something up for sale, as something sells, maybe someone buys it and they put it back up for sale. We got to get eBay up to date and right. we to synchronize all this stuff. Well, the there's a like threshold for how much, how fast we can communicate with eBay. Um, there, so like every time a change is made, we got to shuffle those those changes over. So we have to try to prioritize and say, you know what, okay. If you lower your price, that's not very important for us mm. to update eBay. But if it sells, that's super important <laughs> right. for us to update eBay, right? Um, so uh, over this year, we've invested a lot into uh, reducing the amount of time between the two. Last year, previous years, no big deal. If it took a few minutes for us to update, that's fine. Now, like seconds are not, uh, like that's wow. too, too slow. Um, and unfortunately, there are some limitations where on eBay, for example, if you are going through the checkout process, there's a couple minute window or maybe a, maybe it's even just a few seconds where we can tell eBay that card sold, but you, they're running your mm -hmm. credit card. And then they'll tell us, oh, we sold that. And we're like, crap, <laughs> we sold it too. And so we give it to whoever got it, got the order through first. Now, the thing is, if you're on ComC and you're using store credit, you never right, experience okay. this because your sales are instantaneous. It either went through or it didn't. Now, if you're on ComC and you're not using store credit, we allow you to go off to PayPal to pay and then uh, you can come back. When you're off on PayPal, things can sell. And so you can get in a situation where uh, in that few minutes where you're over on PayPal, someone came and scooped up the items. We don't lock those items because a lot of times people go to PayPal and then they change their mind and they don't gotcha, make purchases. Gotcha. So we don't lock the items while you're going through that, that checkout process. So we really encourage people, normally when we're running um, like a Black yeah. Friday sale, we make it exclusive to people mm. with store credit because that limits the number of chances there are of these double sale opportunities. But right now it's like a Black Friday sale every <laughs> single day. And it's a Black Friday sale on eBay. It's a Black Friday sale with random people that don't even have a ComC account, just putting stuff in their shopping cart and checking out. So we're seeing like sales all over the place. And I, I've had to make it as tight as possible to synchronize. And we have uh, we've made a ton of improvements to help reduce the, that little window. But unfortunately they're still, uh, probably a, a few times a day, we get uh, something that's just so hot that it sold on both platforms at the exact same second. A lot of it is, has to do with someone yep. just scored a goal. <laughs> and so people go to eBay, they go to ComC and they just buy them all up. Um, and so we do our best and, and we'll even, uh, if we have another copy of that card, we'll pay extra to go mm. buy that copy to try to fulfill both or like, we, we definitely uh, put a lot of money into trying to keep as many people as happy as possible, but sometimes there's only one copy of that card available and we can't, we can't purchase it. Or someone buys a card for a thousand and flips it to 2000 and won't let go of it. And we sold it twice <laughs> at a thousand and we're like, uh, we're not going to pay a thousand dollars. Don't Sorry. be too sneaky. <laughs> uh, and we have to cancel some yeah. of those. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You have anything to add, Bob? Um, let's see. Like, you go ahead, Brian. Okay. Let, me think, let me think about this. No, I, I want, yeah, well, I, yeah. yeah, so I wanted to ask, like, basically, with, um, with soccer growing so much, I think I kind of, we kind of alluded to it yeah. a little bit, um, before we talked, you know, did you see any allocation, um, specifically for soccer, though? Because, uh, because it is pretty unique in the cha different challenges, right? Like, I know we have a lot of people from UK yeah. and also you did tell us you do have a uh, office in Vancouver in Canada, which helps a lot with the yeah. Canadian yeah. services. Um, yeah. Do you see any allocation um, that's needed? 
Uh, well, like I was mentioning, I do think soccer is probably the fastest growing sport in, in the trading card industry. Uh, there's just, it has been in the past kind of underrepresented and the whole market is growing, but I think soccer is going to see the biggest growth. I don't know where it's going to rank among the, yeah. the major sports, uh, but it does, it, since it's so international, the way we respond to it is going to be different than we would if, uh, like for example, basketball just became the yeah, most popular I'll, sport yeah. according to eBay. Um, so for us, that doesn't really change anything. Like the we're U.S. based. Like our maybe basketball is a little bit more international. So maybe uh, we're seeing more international orders from that. So we're shipping more. Um, as soccer becomes more popular, we're also going to see more international orders. I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but historically, our biggest international was hockey <laughs> oh, going wow. to Canada. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was our biggest international. But now, I think with uh, basketball picking up popularity and soccer, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're now starting to surpass hockey and also when we look around the world where are people collecting the most there's a, a ton of people in Europe uh, historically basketball in Australia was a big thing I don't know how much soccer in Australia is picking up uh, basketball in China has gone absolutely <laughs> crazy uh, I, I, I would imagine soccer in yeah. China would also be a popular thing so like I think we're going to start seeing kind of the combination of the popularity of basketball and soccer making it possible for us to do some more creative things like we've done with hockey. I mentioned hockey historically has been the most and all we had to do mm. is bring it up to Canada and it's just a few hours away. So we were able to innovate and open up an office in Canada so that we could drive things across the border and then ship things through the Canadian mail stream. And similarly, people consigning don't have to figure out how to send stuff across the border. They can just send it to our Canadian office and then we figure out how to get stuff right. across the border. We always planned on eventually having similar satellite offices to help with these other regional markets. Um, I, I, I could see now kind of the numbers coming together where, for example, a European office starts mm -hmm. to make sense. Uh, and instead of us driving across the border, we'll figure out how to send packages to and from that, that facility. But that could really help with anybody doing consignment, anybody buying. Um, we could have a, a better experience. Right. Well, you hear that, guys. A Europe office is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, well, um, and yeah. also, with soccer, do you actually own any soccer cards? I, I never got to ask that. Yeah. I have I have a few you I do. Have, like <laughs> stuff of everything, but um, like I part uh, part of that is just like as a collector you you stumble across stuff. I, I haven't really followed soccer that much. I I know um, I I think I bought a oh, Pele wow. card. That's a, a good while that's ago. a good investment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you did yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember which Pele card you got or? I, 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 it's been so long. I, I think I picked it up on the website. I'll have to look into one of my accounts and see. I, I, my concern is I bet I just oh. flipped it. So I probably don't own it anymore. And especially, like, more, generally I would see things, I'm like, this is probably going to be worth something <laughs> down the road. I'll buy it and then, like, put it up at, like, four or five times what I paid for it. And that probably wasn't enough to, like, I'm sure the card probably was gone. Yeah, probably a while somebody ago. in the art community probably got it. <laughs> if, if it was you, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'll have to go dig through and see, see which nice. one it was. And so yeah. I, I know you're explaining growth with um, with Jeff Wilson mm -hmm. on the sports uh, sports yeah. card investor podcast. Yeah. Um, what what growth specifically yeah. have you been looking into though? Um, have, have you has anything changed recently? Because mm -hmm. I know even even from the um, that interview to now, a lot has changed. Yes. Yeah. So I think at the time I did the interview, it was right around when the LeBron sold for mm. 1.8 million. Oh yeah, million. I remember you saying that. And we saw a almost overnight 50% increase wow. in our business. 
And then even since then, we saw even more growth. Um, so like we had already at that point doubled since the beginning of the year. So um, our sales right now are about three times what they were um, in January. Now, unfortunately, we've had to scale back on a bunch of services that we offer. Like we are our cheapest processing service. We just wow. had to put on hold um, our shipping. We've really encouraged everybody that's on ComC to just take be patient. A lot of people did that normally. Anyhow, they would wait until Black Friday and then they would get everything sent. We're like, you know what? If you don't need your cards right now, hold on to them we're buried just trying to get all the ebay orders out the door and anything that's really critical so um we've had to kind of put the brakes on things artificially but even with all of that like everything is growing like crazy uh we've had to grow our team from uh just under 100 people right around 100 people in january to uh right now we're over 130 wow. employees uh we especially focused on uh, customer service recently the customer service team just added eight people across customer service and a couple marketing people um, so they're really trying to address customer concerns uh, answer questions uh, a lot more rapidly and then our shipping team has been another area that we've every part of the company we're, we're like we have Jobs open, you can go to comc.com slash jobs and see uh, what's available. We post most of our job postings on Indeed. Uh, so you can also go there and look for, for ComC job postings. We're gonna be adding a lot more. Uh, just last night, I was uh, putting together a presentation for our management about how I see us right. growing because it, it's, it's actually an engineering feat to design the company so that we can double yeah. and double again and double again as we need to. Uh, in the past, we were targeting about 25% growth a year, which is very different <laughs> yeah. than 100% yeah. growth a year. Yeah. Uh, so we now are, are shifting to prepare for 100% growth a year for, uh, we see this happening at least over the next mm. two, three years. So uh, we're designing our teams so that um, we're training up leaders and we are uh, building out a whole recruiting team. We're building out our HR, we're building out our marketing. We're really trying to prepare to get the people we need. And the other thing that's interesting is a lot of the skills that we need, you can't just right. train. People need years of fascination yes. with trading cards. You can't pay people to memorize <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. You have to find people that see value in it so that when they're working, that's actually part of their compensation. Exactly, yeah. They feel like I get to see these things. I get to learn about all the nuances. This is fun versus, oh my goodness, I got to memorize <laughs> that. Oh, they made a parallel. <laughs> what? This, oh my God. So, uh, so we need those people that are passionate and uh, in order to actually find them and give them an opportunity to come work for us, we're trying to expand where people can work from. Uh, I'll give you guys uh, a hot tip. This, oh, I haven't wow. told anybody oh, outside guys, of the SLI, company. SLI, listen, exclusive. Um, we, we're, we are, uh, at right now looking to open an office oh. in Portland uh, so that we can tap into the Portland labor yes. market. Uh, so Portland is similar size to Seattle. That's gonna allow us to hire a ton of people. We're not stopping there. We already go, uh, we have an office in Vancouver. So if you look at the map, Portland, Seattle, Vancouver is all along I-5. The long-term plan is that we're gonna have offices all up and oh, down wow. I-5 that we can hire anybody that's interested, like all the sports card enthusiasts, people that wanna help us uh, with all the stuff that's being consigned, we're, we're gonna have offices that you can work from. So you don't have to live in Seattle, Seattle area. Our headquarters, I'm right now oh, okay. in Redmond. Redmond, you have to compete with Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Amazon. <laughs> like <laughs> it is hard 
to get people to be able to afford yeah. to commute here. Um, but we want to allow people to live in uh, cities outside, like maybe th there's a whole variety of different places people could like living, but still love trading cards and want to get their hands on the, like we have to physically handle cards. Like, we got to actually have someone take a look at that card. You can't do some of those things all right. over the country. You, some jobs, you got to be here. But we want to allow ourselves to hire people from a much broader pool. So uh, not only keep an eye on our job postings, but keep an eye on where the postings are. Uh, and basically, we're going to be looking at where people want to work from and then opening up offices accordingly so that uh, we can have those enthusiasts come in and we can scale our business to meet the, the demands. Awesome, awesome. So, so for the people on our, that, that are listening, right, if they want to apply, uh, we'll put a description a link for, you, for them to check it out. Um, so yeah. you said there will be remote areas as well or? Yeah, yes, we are, that's specifically things that have to physically right. handle cards, but we have a number of jobs that can okay. be done virtually. Uh, we maintain our catalogs. So we need people to make sure that the catalogs have all the latest data, importing like the manufacturer checklists. Uh, we have to go back through our old catalogs and improve them. Uh, so there's a lot of, like those types of jobs you can do from anywhere. Uh, we have customer service, marketing, uh, IT, there's uh, software development. There's all sorts of postings that we're gonna be having that uh, you don't have to be in the Seattle area. You don't even have to be in the U.S. for some okay. of these, sweet, these sweet. jobs. Well, yeah. you guys hear that? that we, we have job openings. Cosby <laughs> <laughs> does. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really, really uh, great sign that you, you're looking to hire in different areas. Um, just because, like, you know, yeah. right now in the pandemic, it, it is just imperative to have, like, yeah. being able to be yeah. flexible. So that's really awesome. Yeah, it, it, we're also taking uh, notes on really what the pandemic is right. causing. And for us, uh, there actually are a lot of business yeah. opportunities because, well, for one, there's so many people, unfortunately, the industry they're in just, it was, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work in the pandemic. And so there's great people that are highly talented, motivated, that would make amazing employees that just need a place to work from. And so we're hoping to scoop a lot right. of those people up. Also, there's a lot of office space that people are realizing they don't need anymore because people mm -hmm. are working from home. And we unfortunately <laughs> need a lot of office space to handle these consigned items. And we, because of COVID, have to be super careful. We don't want any like we don't want to like limit ourselves to everybody working in one place and then having to shut down if anybody unfortunately uh catches right. the virus so we actually want to have at least during the pandemic a pretty broad opportunity of places for people to work so that um uh, it, it, we can keep things contained like you limit the exposure of all, all the different people that need to work. So we're gonna try to create opportunities. Uh, obviously we have as many people working as virtually as re remote as possible, but then uh, we're trying to take this opportunity to spread out, create some new offices and uh, let people work from those offices in smaller okay. units. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I just love how solution-based you are, <laughs> by the way. You know, always mm -hmm. find the opportunities mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of the opposite, yeah. so. But yeah. anyways, yeah. but. Listen, Tim, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, we, I know we chatted for a long time. Um, but do you have any questions for us before we uh, wrap it up, though? Uh, sure. Um, I, I know, obviously, you guys are uh, really heavily into soccer. I wanted to know how long you've been collecting trading cards and what got you back, or not, either back into the hobby or into the hobby for the yeah, first time. Yeah, you want to... Take a swing at this. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll see. Yeah. Oh, uh, we started last August or September, so almost not a year now. Not that long ago. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, we 
the only reason we got into it because of Brian was listening to a Gary Vee podcast and he was talking about sports okay. cards and everything like that. And I know Brian was talking about sports cards before that as well. He was like looking at a Giannis PSA 10. Yeah, and I thought it was super weird. I was like, why yeah. is these cards? And then all of a sudden I heard, sorry, I just jumped in front of, <laughs> <laughs> I just jumped in front of But like, I, I heard that Gary Vee started talking about it. I said, okay, that's interesting. That's still interesting, but yeah. Keep going. You want to keep going? Yeah, then Brian, because this was, uh, yeah, Brian mentioned uh, investing in a Giannis card uh, way before August, yep. September. He was like, oh, it's like two, $300 or something like that, oh right? Oh my God, like, was it? I, don't, oh I forgot God. how much it was. PSA 10. And I was looking, I was like, how oh, good one, Brian. Like, <laughs> But now we know like how much a Giannis PSA 10 prism goes for yeah. and everything yeah. like that. And then... Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Wilson. So yeah. Yeah, I heard Jeff Wilson start talking, yep. and then I took it a lot more serious, yep. a lot more deep, deeper dive. Yeah. But then we yeah. started collect. Well, yeah. we started investing in basketball because you know we yeah. all knew about basketball. But we started realizing, yeah. man, we love soccer. What's going on with the soccer cards? And then we started yeah. noticing, wow, yeah. we could buy a Messi at the time. A Messi auto yeah. PSA ten was nine hundred dollars. I was like, man, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, twenty fourteen Prism. And yeah. We bought one yeah. of those, and I was like, man, that's sweet. And then we started looking into Ronaldo and everything like that. But then we started realizing, yeah. wow, even though we're investing, these cards, I don't know if I want to sell them just like at all. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. wow, it's like, it's like there's too nice yeah. to like sell. <laughs> yeah, it came, it came yeah. like a trap. Yeah. <laughs> for us. Yeah, I, I, I've learned that if I like something, I need to yeah, buy multiple right. copies so that I'm willing to sell some of them. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> crap, I only bought one of the green yes. refractor. I yeah, don't want to sell what, it. Like, what we do. This is the dilemma we're dealing with nowadays. It's just like, I don't know if I want to get rid of it. <laughs> like, I, I just can't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how, uh, how long yeah. we've been getting. Because uh, me and Bob, we actually invest together as, as like kind of like partners and everything like that. Uh -huh. um, Luigi does it yeah. kind of like by himself and Keen does it by himself. But yeah, so that's how we got started. And yeah, we always tell people, man, like, you come in an investor, but I just feel like you stay as a collector somewhat. Absolutely. I, it's so much, like, there's so many opportunities for people to invest in variety yeah. of different markets. But trading cards is this, it's almost like this perfect combination of a very small thing that you can easily yep. invest a lot in. Like, you can literally have a million cards yeah. in a closet. Versus there's other things that you could invest in, like jerseys. Right. You're still in the same market, still sports, but you can't have exactly. a million jerseys. Like, that's <laughs> going to be a warehouse. Like, a normal person can't invest in that. Um, but you get this fun aspect of it's tied to an athlete, which is dynamic, where if it was a movie or a comic book, someone controls right. the narrative versus sports yes. anything can happen Man. so you you have wild yeah. opportunities so you get like it's kind of this perfect world where you're not like reading some um some sec filing <laughs> about some company and trying to speculate like you can just watch sports that you're doing anyhow and then say you know what i really like this person i think they're going to do well i'm going to go buy some cards and worst case i have cards of a player i think is pretty cool best case i can sell some exactly. of them and actually make some money uh, that, that, that. so yeah it's a fun fun combination i'm glad that you guys have joined the the community it is uh it, it's a great time to be in it because there's so much momentum that you do have these opportunities um for decades many of us bought just because it was fun and maybe it would sell, but there wasn't so right, much attention right. on it. I really appreciate Gary V and Jeff Wilson and others really helping people see the yeah. opportunity. Um, I, I don't know who it was, but uh, a few years back, someone bought all <laughs> my Giannis rookies. Uh, I had I had like 30 Prism right. rookies in my account and every time I would sell one, I would double the price, but I hadn't <laughs> learned at that point to not have them all on the market. That was probably my biggest mistake ever is having everything on the market. But every time they would sell, I would double the price. So I'd sell one for like five bucks. Okay, I'm gonna list them all at 20. I'd sell one at 20. Okay, I'm gonna list them all at 25. Sell one, okay, I'm gonna go up to 35. And then all of a sudden, 30 of them sold oh, in no. one day on eBay. <laughs> 
and so I, all my prison, all my Giannis prisms were gone. But I, I took that as a, a leading indicator, and I bought like everything oh, else. Okay, <laughs> there we go. So I, I because at the time, you, it was like thirty bucks for a prism, but you could buy his hoops rookie still oh, for like my a buck. You could still buy like upper deck autos for like wow. twenty, thirty bucks. Like the, the rest of the market hadn't responded. So I went and I bought everything else, and I was careful not to. Do <laughs> there we go, Tim. Uh, so I definitely that was a lesson learned. And for a moment, there, I was like, "Cool, I got like eight, nine hundred dollars sale." I got but that's thirty Giannis Prism rookies that were were gone like that. So so now I have. Uh, I, I was telling you guys, I, I've got a lot of rookies that I invest in, but I try to only put a, a couple on the market, and I try to get several so that. When there they're hot, go. I can sell some. I don't have to feel like, oh, <laughs> no. I don't want to let go of this card. So yeah. principle is don't, yeah. you know, always buy multiples if you're going to invest in a player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you buy that one, like, oh, I yeah. got the only <laughs> PSA 10 of this really rare. You're like, but now I'm never Basically, going to sell it. That, that happens to us. That happens to us so many times. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that's got to be that player that you never <laughs> want to sell. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. but hey, Tim, thank you so much for getting on our show. Um, it means a lot. It really does mean a lot. Honestly, I don't even know why you wow. messaged us back. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you you asking, inviting me. I, I'm always, I enjoy having conversations. I'm passionate about the hobby. I want people to know that we're hard right. at work trying to scale our business to meet the demand. Uh, it's yeah. crazy here. Uh, but we we're doing everything we can. We've got plans in place. There's there's going to be news that you'll hear. Uh, I gave you guys a little sneak peek of uh, something that we're actively working on right now. So thank you for the opportunity. You guys are doing an awesome job. I really thank, thank you, Tim. But yeah, thank you, Tim. Yeah. So if you guys want to, you know, make sure you guys follow. Check out my cards Instagram. You know, I'll put the Instagram handle on there and everything like that. Definitely our check out my cards Instagram is a blast to follow. They do a great job of highlighting a lot of things that are going on. Okay, so I, I, so yeah, I, I won't, we won't put it up there. I don't want people bothering you, to be honest. <laughs> Anyways, but thank you so much, Tim. Um, if you guys like this podcast, make sure to rate and subscribe. That would mean the world to us. It would, it would mean the world to Tim. <laughs> okay? It would mean the world to Tim. So, um, and don't forget, guys, we're going to put a description on basically all the job listings that Compsy has. Um, so, you know, if you guys have anything mm -hmm. that you can add to value to the company, make sure to apply because you guys are growing so fast mm -hmm. and we're so excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah.